Well, 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 it is yet another weekend. We are halfway, over halfway through the month of October, which is insane to me. Boy, 2021 has really flown, and I can't say I'm all that disappointed about that. It really does um, bother me, like, how fast time really flies the older you get. I know that's, like, a cliche thing to say, like makes me feel really old even saying that but man this this year has fucking flown and october has really flown because it seems like i was just thinking i was just hanging on to summer it was like the last it was like late september and i was hanging on to summer as long as i could and people were already starting to put out like halloween decorations and stuff i'm like guys it's still freaking summer let don't don't take this away from me and now we're two weeks away from Halloween, and I think I saw we're like six Thursdays away from Christmas or something like that, which I don't even want to think about that, which we all know, we've all heard that um, Santa Claus is going to be a little short-handed this year due to uh, supply chain shortages, due to labor shortages and all that stuff. I'm sure it's impacting Santa Claus, too. Uh, they're, they're using those things to threaten our Christmases and put it on the consumer and obviously it's all because of the vaccines and not enough people getting vaccinated so that's affecting the entire global trade and the entire global workforce so um it's all our fault it's your fault that santa's not gonna be able to bring as much joy and love to your kids this year but i'm okay with that i mean (laughs) it's inevitable this 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 thing is going down the toilet fast. It's uh, it's on a downward spiral, and there is so very little we can do because they are just setting us up for a complete freaking um, complete disaster. I mean, every everything that has happened this year has been like directing us straight towards this this downward spiral. And whether or not it's just the incompetency of the current administration, which is what a lot of people are saying, this. Uh, the Biden administration just completely incompetent, and we're just seeing the effects of that and just completely tanking because of it. Whether it's that or they're intentionally sending us in this downward spiral for to totally wreck our economy and totally change change the way that we do business uh, um, here in this country because we all know they want a new equitable form of democracy equitable economy so um this whole this whole push towards that agenda wouldn't surprise me or maybe it's a mixture of both incompetency <laughs> pushing us towards that agenda um so who knows i mean they know we all know joe biden's just a fucking puppet that's uh having a, have having his strings pulled from from somebody else whether that be uh, the World Economic Forum, whether that be Barack Obama. A lot of people think that this is like basically Barack Obama's um, third election. He's just kind of running the show behind the scenes. And I think there's evidence to back that up. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, we are seeing Obama do make a lot more public appearances with all the, the disasters that Biden's experiencing right now. Um, I got a story about that that I'm going to talk about later. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, but we'll get into that. Before we get into anything, 
Um, once again, we got to mention that this show is brought to you by our very favorite Coffee of Freedom, Run Your Mouth Coffee. Um, they support free speech primarily. That's what, what they started the whole company around was the premise of being able to speak your mind and not being censored and all this stuff. And then they, they put out coffee as a product of that. Um, it's coffee. It's a coffee company that supports your right to say whatever the hell you want. Hence the name Run Your Mouth Coffee. And I'm sure along with that, they also support all your other constitutional rights. Because I know that for a fact, because I know the founders, um, John Odermatt of the Lions of Liberty, that's all he talks about is um, your personal freedoms and your personal individual liberties. So uh, what a better company to support than um, a small business that supports your free speech. Doesn't get much more American than that. Uh, being able to support free speech and drink coffee at the same time. So go to rymcoffee.com, pick up your own fresh roasted coffee sent straight to your door. You don't have to go to the store and pick something out. You, it, it's mailed directly to you. It's fresh. It's delicious. Uh, check them out, rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code BREAKTHEBELL, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your, your purchase plus free shipping. And who doesn't like discounts and shit like that? Drink coffee, support free speech, save the world in that order. I mean, if you do it out of order, um, it's just not going to work the same. But do it in that order and things will be great. So check them out, rymcoffee.com. That's it. I'm going to get right into this. As you can may or may not have noticed, we're without built today. I don't have my co-chair sitting here to laugh at my stupid jokes or... Um, to bounce ideas off of and and bring his beautiful knowledge. He has he has other issues going on. He has family matters going on that he's taking care of today. N nothing bad. He has like birthday birthday stuff going on. The way I said that made it seem like he had like a family emergency. No, as far as I know, no family emergencies. We did get to um, have a party at my house last night, and um, me and Bill were the last men the last one standing well i was the last one standing bill had said he was going to pull an all-nighter and within like four minutes he was passed out in my chair and so um he didn't live up to his own expectations so he's probably hurting from that but as far anything more than that there's no family emergencies he just has family get-togethers today so he couldn't make it so i'm gonna be stumbling through this as best as i can without bill we're gonna get right into this because i got several things to talk about and most of them have to do with the failing, bumbling um, Joe Biden administrations. So before we get into some of those things, so this story popped up and it was interesting to me. Um, we can all rest easy tonight because Bill Clinton, former president, if you didn't know, Bill Clinton was released from the hospital after five days being hospitalized for an infection. So... Bill Clinton's not dead. We can all rest easy tonight. Um, it, it came up earlier this week. Obviously, we haven't talked about it because we haven't done a show since then, but Bill Clinton was hospitalized for a urinary tract infection, from what it sounds. I'm going to pull up this article from Zero Hedge. That is not the screen I want. This one. 
Starts out, it says, former U.S. President Bill Clinton was released Sunday morning from a Southern hospital, Southern California hospital where he was treated for a non-COVID infection. I love how they have to pre- preface that it was a non-COVID infection. It was just an infection, not, not, a, not a COVID infection, but an infection. Never before in history have they ever had to preface a hospitalization like this. Like, cancer is one of the top killers in the entire world. Or heart disease is one of the top killers in the, across the globe. At least across the United States. I'm sure in other countries it's starvation and shit like that. But here in the United States it's mostly heart disease because we all eat like shit around here. And we stuff our faces plenty. But never would it say, hey, um, George Clooney was in the hospital being treated for non, non-heart disease related infections. It's just not a thing. It's not something that uh, we've ever really, we've never really prefaced things like that. But because COVID has become such a an in-your-face propaganda tool, like everything has to somehow either be directly or indirectly directly related to COVID. They gotta, they gotta remind you that COVID still exists. In case you forgot, COVID is still out there. But Bill Clinton was hospitalized being treated for not COVID. So there's like COVID and then there's everything else. And that's that's the classifications of diseases or infections or medical problems that we have right now. It's just COVID or not COVID. So former U.S. President Bill Clinton was released where he was from the hospital where he was being treated for not COVID, according to AP News. Clinton was discharged from the University of California Irvine Medical Center around 0800 local time after spending five days. I like how they got to sound all military and shit. Um, Local time after spending five days in the hospital for a urinary tract infection that spread to his bloodstream. Apparently, the baby's blood is not taking care of that urinary tract infection, which was probably some like super syphilis or something that he's picked up through his 75 years of debauchery that he's lived in. Says Clinton spokesman Angela Urania being the fact that he had a urinary tract infection. It's ironic that his spokesperson's name is Urania. Um, Maybe she's just his urinary infection spokesperson because, or he, Angel, not Angela. I just that that's funny to me because I I have the mind of a middle a middle school student. Holy shit, I can't talk. Bill's not here for me to stumble my words too. So we're gonna get through this. Clint spokesperson Angel Urania tweeted a statement from Doctor Alpish N. Admin or Amen, Chair Department of Medicine and Executive Director Hospital Medicine at UC Irvine Health. That is a fucking long title, who supervised a team of doctors treating the former president. The statement read, President Clinton was discharged from UC Irvine Medical Center today. His fever and white blood cell count are normalized, and he will return home to New York to finish his course of antibiotics. On behalf of everyone at UC Irvine Medical Center, we are honored to have treated him and will continue to monitor his progress. On Friday, President Biden spoke with Clinton. And 
event at the University of Connecticut, Biden said Clinton is doing fine. He really is. I'm glad they had to point out that the president acknowledged that Clinton is doing fine. Urania tweeted Saturday that Clinton was making excellent progress over the past 24 hours. The New York Times, quoting an aide, said Clinton developed a urinary tract infection that turned into sepsis, the body's extreme response to infection that affects 1.7 million every year. This infection was the latest in health scares. After Clinton left the White House, he underwent quadruple bypass heart surgery in 2004. I did not realize that. 2005, he returned to the hospital with a collapsed lung. Then in 2010, he had a pair of stents implanted into a coronary artery. So he has all kinds of freaking health issues. I I have no idea how the guy is still really kicking after all that. I mean, he's he's old as dirt, yet he's still, he's still kicking, and they expect him to keep kicking because sepsis couldn't take him down. Heart failure couldn't take him down. A collapsed lung couldn't take him down. So he's still kicking. He's probably uh, he's probably told to uh, take it easy on some of his uh, sexual antics for the next few days. But I'm I'm sure he'll be back in the sack, back in the saddle, um, as quickly as possible because um, nobody's slowing Bill Clinton down. So if you're worried that uh, Bill Clinton was going to kick the can this week if you had heard this and you're like oh shit bill clinton's gonna die rest assured he didn't die he's he's on his way home apparently hillary and his daughter both separately flew in to visit him at the hospital so i have a feeling there were probably there was probably some big concerns there it wasn't just like a a routine deal or something that was just like hey we'll just give you a it's just a minor infection. We'll give you a few antibiotics and you can go on your way. No, for them to fly in from across the country or wherever wherever they are currently staying, um, there's probably some pretty big concern there. Uh, septic shock isn't really something. Isn't really a minor infection. It's it's usually um, the last step in infection that does somebody in. So we can sleep peacefully tonight, though, knowing that he is still kicking. So let's move on. What else we got going on? Um, I don't know if you all remember, back a couple years ago, four, three, four years ago, former President Trump decided to create this new um, military branch known as the Space Force to combat, like... I don't know, um, other countries who are uh, threatening through like space weapons or uh, missiles in space and, and things like that. And everybody, it, it kind of became a, a laughing joke that the Space Force, uh, it's going to be like Star Wars and we're like shooting lasers up in space. And there was even like some conspiracy theories of how the, we're going to fight like aliens, like the um, he. President Trump, Donald Trump knew that there was aliens up there and they were the biggest threat and the space force was to to combat that. You know, all, all that crazy shit that came out, um, specifically when Trump was in office. Well, I don't know what the progress is on space force, but I do know that the progress of our arch enemy China 
has really stepped up their game and their their weapons manufacturing, and they're kind of winning the race because apparently China tested a hypersonic weapon or missile that flew around the world. So this thing travels faster than the speed of sound, flies all the way around the world, and then locks in on his target and makes a like a like a 90, 90 degree turn and just hits wherever the target is. It sounds it sounds like something in a space or like a sci-fi movie. It doesn't sound realistic, but apparently it is and they've already tested it and it was pretty damn accurate. It wasn't like completely accurate yet, but it was pretty damn successful. Enough that it took our military completely by surprise when this test happened. They, like, we had no freaking clue. Like, our intelligence is that that great that we had no idea that China was even at this point in their weapons development. So this article says, In Joe Biden's America, a U.S. Army general or U.S. Army Major General took to Twitter to complain about the Army's policies on French manicures. That sounds... That's an interesting way to start this article. That's, that sounds like our military and the things that we are concerned about. At the same time, refer, reports surfaced the Chinese are busy launching a hypersonic weapon that flies around the world. Major General Joe Clyburn's first world problems are no place for Twitter as the U.S. continues to lose the hypersonic race against China. I didn't even know this hypersonic race thing even existed, but here's um, the tweets comparing China's military and our military conversations. Let me find this now. So on one side it says, Justin, China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic gliding vehicle that traveled around the globe through low orbit in space before cruising to the target. U.S. intelligence and military officials are stunned. On the other side, it says, it's a tweet by Major General Joe Clyburn that says, why the Army thinks a French manicure is an obnoxious color compared to civilian world, which views it as an understated yet professional look is beyond me. But I have to be in uniform tomorrow, so here we are. It looked nice while it lasted. So she's complaining that she had to take off her French manicure to be in uniform because the military doesn't allow French manicures while in uniform. I'm so sorry that that's all you can talk about. But as this is saying, we have bigger issues that the military should be concerned about, like China and their hypersonic weapons. The world learned Saturday evening that China had made an astounding progress on hypersonic weapons and was far more advanced than U.S. officials realized. It seems like our U.S. officials are really missing the mark when it comes from making comes down to making predictions, specifically this year, but probably always. Like for example, they missed they they missed the mark in predicting the fall of Afghanistan. Like they said it was going to take, it was going to be like six to eight months and it took like six to eight hours or six to eight days, something stupid like that. Um, They missed the mark when it came to bombing terrorists in Afghanistan and they blew up like a family, a local family. They, they just are really, they're just not doing good right now. The, U.S. Uh, or the military intelligence isn't 
looking all that intelligent these days. In August, the Chinese military launched a rocket that catapulted a a hypersonic glide vehicle into low orbit. It flew around the world before missing its target only by two dozen miles, so like 24, 25 miles away from its intended target. I mean, that's that's, that's not that accurate when it comes to uh, a weapon like that that's not very accurate 25 miles but the fact that they were able to complete this mission and still hit it only 25 miles away that's pretty damn successful for something that we didn't even know they were to this point yet it says the latest test raises an abundance of questions about China's rapid military modernization, which is beating the U.S. in the hypersonic weapons race. Again, I didn't even know there was such thing as a hypersonic weapons race. I thought we were kind of doing away, like kind of pushing ballistics to the back burner, and everybody was more concerned about like um, hacking and and. Um, cyber warfare and stuff like that, but apparently we're in this hypersonic weapons race, which could be a game changer for, um, for like nuclear weapons. Like imagine something that's traveling like multiple times the speed of sound with a nuclear warhead on it. How long do our weapons responses are like? Our, weapon, our nuclear defenses, what is their time to get up in the air? Because I guarantee you it's probably shorter than the few minutes that it would take China to shoot something at hypersonic speed across the around the world and, and directly into our mainland. Goes on to say, we have no idea how they did this, a source said, referring to China's ability to fly hypersonic glide vehicle across the world. Two sources said that China could, in theory, fly the weapon over the South Pole, a region that the U.S. missile defense systems lack coverage. So we wouldn't have any kind of defense against it if they did that. John Kirby, the press secretary for the Department of Defense, said the Pentagon views China as a great challenger as both countries race towards developing and fielding hypersonic weapons that fly multiple times faster than sound. We have made clear our concerns about the military capabilities China continues to pursue, capabilities that only increase tension in the region and beyond. But a spokesman for China said Beijing has no interest in global domination. We are not at all interested in having an arms race with other countries, Liu said. So why are they developing these hypersonic weapons? Are they developing these hypersonic weapons? Because if they're not in... The business of having an arms race, this this seems like an arms race. This seems like they are trying to get ahead of the curve when it comes to weapons development. Says, in contrast, the U.S. has in recent years been fabricating excuses like the China threat to justify its arms expansion and development of hypersonic weapons. This has directly intensified the arms race in this category and category and severely undermined global strategic stability. So this says they're fabricating excuses for the U.S. to use to expand their own development of weapons. So again, do even like, is there anything to even prove that they did 
launch this hypersonic weapon? Is there anything to prove that they are even pursuing this? Or is this just another chance for the U.S. to pour money into the war machine to say, hey, uh, China ex- uh, is a major threat here and uh, we got we to gotta start ramping up our own weapons game. And because, I mean, the majority of the wars that we are that we were involved with this last two decades, they're basically over. So these major war machine manufacturers that have, have been making billions and trillions of dollars off of these these endless wars, um, they got to be taking a, a pay a pay cut. They got to be losing out on some of that income that they they had for a long time. So just I mean how hard would it be to fabricate something that we couldn't even possibly comprehend? Oh yeah, uh, uh China set this like super mega missile into the into space and uh we got to develop our own super mega missile to uh counter their super mega mi- missile and then also, on top of that, we obviously have to build up our defenses against super mega missiles in case China were to shoot a super mega mi- missile at us. So, so then we got to spend billions more dollars on super mega missile defenses, defense systems. And then also, obviously, we got to keep pushing further so we can be better than, so our super mega missile will be better than their super mega missile. I mean, that's how. That's how we've uh, got by for decades now. Oh, we got to go to war against Iraq because they have weapons of mass destruction. Remember the the WMDs that uh, George George W. Bush promoted to go into take out Saddam Hussein? The WMDs that didn't exist. I mean, how hard is it to push the entire world to believe? Hey, that this. This country is a threat because they got weapons of mass destruction. They got chemical warheads. They got dirty bombs or they got um, they're developing their own nuclear arsenal. Let's go to war against them. Let's build up our own arsenals. Let's build up our military. Let's spend billions of dollars in military contracts. Let's go to war. Um, take out, take them out because they got these WMDs only to turn around and find out there was no WMDs there the whole time. It worked in two thousand in the early 2000s, 2002, 2003. It would work again with all this buildup to uh, China being the biggest threat that we that we're facing. Well, that besides um, the biggest military threat being climate change, the bil- biggest military threat being COVID, the biggest military, all, all these other things that have nothing to do with the military. But with those, in line with those, we also have the biggest military threat being China and their their push to enhance their military capabilities. And to come up with this super mega missile theory, theory, real, like... Reality, I, I, I don't know. I don't have any proof that says they got this uh, hypersonic weapon out there. I, I don't see it. 
I haven't seen any photo evidence, nothing like that. So, I mean, to me, this could be just as easily be an Iraq weapons of WMDs scenario just to get us involved in China or just to get us to um, spend the money to build up our own arsenal. I don't know. That's as far as the article goes, but I mean, people want us to get out of the wars with Afghanistan and Iraq and all these wars. I I can't even process going to war with China. I I don't see how we can justify going to war with China. I don't see um the amount of cost would be unimaginable to go to war against China. It's not some little shithole country in the middle of the Middle East that we can just carpet bomb and just lay waste the entire country and then drop a few boots on the ground to go uh, destroy their cities and rape their women and all that shit. It's not like that in China. China is a completely different story. It's got China has enough people that they could just like do old fashioned um oh shit, what's it called? Where where they where they all stand in a line and just send wave after wave of of lines like like you saw in the old days with the muskets where they would just line up, you send in a line, they they'd shoot, then they'd switch the next guys with their muskets would come forward. China could do that, just send one line, wave after wave after wave, and they could get obliterated and still come out on top because of how many freaking people are in China. Not to mention the size of China in comparison to uh, the size of like Afghanistan or Iraq. The weapons capabilities of China it would be a disaster for us to decide to go to war against China so i guess that leaves us with the question if if China does have a hypersonic weapon do should we have should we develop our own hypersonic weapon to counter their hypersonic weapon are we at risk if China has this weapon obviously we're at some risk but the way China's talking is, hey, we have no we have no intention of dominating the world. I mean, maybe this is their form of just leave us the hell alone. Look what we got. We got this super mega weapon. Leave us alone. And we're not going to bother you. Because we've kind of been pushing China's buttons a lot the last oh, the last couple weeks with um all their their shit with Taiwan and everything that's going on. So um, I think they just kind of want us to leave them the hell alone and let them do their own thing. Is it the perfect country that uh, we should agree with everything they're doing? Absolutely not. Do we need our hands in every every freaking uh, issue in, in foreign countries and foreign affairs? Absolutely not. We're not the world police. Well, we are the world police. We should not be the world police. We have enough problems on our own here in this country that we should not even be trying to push anything on other countries out there. They probably look at us and they're like, dude, really? You're telling us what to do? 
Like, your whole country is split down the line 50-50 between, um, between one side and the other who are on the verge of having a literal civil war. But you're telling us what to do? I think we need to figure our own shit out before we start putting our fingers in other countries' business. Let's move on. Let's talk about more disasters of this administration. That one being, hey, uh, we've got um, got a little behind in this weapons, this arms race, apparently. What should we be doing about it? This one is another crisis of sorts. Probably more concerning than whether or not China has a hypersonic weapon. So, so we've talked about the supply line crisis, the shipping crisis, the working shortage crisis, all of those things. We have not really talked much about the energy crisis, the impending energy crisis. And it's starting in China and Europe, which is where the shipping crisis was starting, and then it found its way here to the United States. So we should always look to like the to Europe and China and see what's going on to see what's coming our way next. I mean, shit, that's how we predicted COVID would be here. That started in China, and then it moved its way to Europe, and then a few months later it was at our doorstep. So... All these other crises probably follow suit. This is from CNN Business. It says a global energy crisis is coming. So on top of inflation, on top of the fact that we we can't get our shit, businesses are going to be closing. We're not going to be able to have food. Not going to be able to put fuel in our cars. Also, there's an energy crisis. To add fuel, no pun intended, to add fuel to the fire. It says, in London, astronomical increases in natural gas prices, skyrocketing coal costs, and predictions of $100 oil. I don't know what the typical cost is of oil, but I know once it hits $100 a barrel, that's that's what they consider really, really high. It says, a global energy crunch caused by weather and resurgence in demand is getting worse. Stirring alarm ahead of winter when more energy is needed to light and heat homes. Governments around the world are trying to limit the impact on consumers, but acknowledge they may not be able to prevent bills from spiking. I had read a thing earlier this week that said, expect your heating bills here in the here in the United States. Expect your heating bills to be 50% higher than last year. And that concerns me because every year it seems like there is one month like we'll run our our heat the same all winter long but there's always that one month that there's an unexplained spike in the in the energy bill in the heating bill even though it hasn't really gotten any colder than the month before there's always one month where it goes from like $200 to like $400 for no freaking reason. So can you imagine 50% higher? You're talking about $600 for an energy bill, for a heating bill. $600 a month. Between 4 and $600 up 50% from last year. Because of this energy crunch or this energy crisis. It says further 
Complicating the further complicating the picture is mounting pressure on governments to accelerate the transition to cleaner energy as world leaders prepare for a critical climate summer summit in November. Wouldn't it be the perfect time right now to maybe manufacture a fossil fuel energy crisis leading into this climate summit in November just conveniently, coincidentally happens to be right now a month before this critical climate summer summit that's coming. Let's just expose fossil fuels for the horrors that they are let's just send us into a much deeper crisis where where people are losing their damn minds and they're begging for something different begging for it because gas prices are a hundred dollars a barrel the heating bills are 50 percent higher people are going to be begging for it i mean you look at the energy crisis uh in texas the blackouts in Texas that from 20 degree days, which isn't even that freaking cold, but because the infrastructure wasn't up to code or whatever, we talked about it last winter and uh, people actually died because of it. They're talking about like normal blackouts across the country, energy blackouts this winter. People will be begging for something different. And just happens to be right at the time of this critical climate summit. What's interesting to me is they're really pushing... Oops, I don't want Bill's Bill's chair. Um, They're pushing for this renewable energy because it's cleaner, because we got to save the world. Apparently... U.S. coal is at an all-time high this year. Coal burning is at an all-time high. And it's basically because this clean energy isn't keeping up. Well, there's obviously, um, with everything else, we had the shutdown. And we've talked about this, how the shutdown, they kind of dialed things back as far as like supplies and production and things like that. And so then when they cranked the economy back on full force, we had this massive shortage of supplies and, and and production because it has to catch back up. And that f- turned into the the supply routes and the shipping and stuff like that got backed up. Same thing here with the energy crisis. Like more everything was shut down. Lots of businesses were closed, lots of lights out, the energy kind of got dialed back, less people working at the energy places, energy got dialed back, then we slam it into gear full force, open everything back up, and there's not enough to keep up, just like everything else. So again, this, all of this shit could have been prevented if they didn't shut down the economy to influence elections. If they didn't completely derail a flourishing economy at the time, like our our unemployment was lower than 5% at the time, which they're touting that 4.8% 
right now as something huge. Well, that's that's what it was in March of last year. Flourishing economy, Donald Trump economy. Again, not a Donald Trump guy. I'm not not saying he did anything great here, but all specifically as a political move to undermine Donald Trump and make his his economy look like it was wrecked. Shut down the economy, stop production, stop energy production, and then crank it back on so you can say, hey guys, I fixed the problem, only to create at least 50 other problems, major crises that we're dealing with now. And the, the administration's just ignoring all of these crises. They're not saying really a damn thing about it. It's just like, oh, like you, you look at Biden's Twitter page. I, we, I, I flashed some of it up last week. You look at it and it's just like, oh, the economy's doing great. We're, we've created 500,000 jobs and uh, unemployment's down 4.8%. Or um, we, for the first time, this or that. And it's just like, are you not looking at what we're seeing? Are you not looking, like realizing that this is teetering on like like this is te- like teetering on the edge of a cliff right now and a not not so strong wind could blow this whole thing off the freaking cliff and there's not a damn thing you're doing about it because you're just get letting your head get like huge because your your unemployment numbers are high your your vaccine vaccine your vaccinated numbers are at 80% or 85% or whatever, and you're only concerned about people getting vaccinated, and all this stuff could be prevented if people would just get vaccinated. That would fix the supply line issues. That would fix the energy crisis. That would fix the the worker shortage if people just got vaccinated. And I know this is exactly what they're thinking because there's this guy in the administration, his name is, let me find his name. Hang on. His name is Wally Adeyemo. I should know who this guy is. He's the Deputy Secretary of Treasury Department. Wally Adeyemo. He's the highest or second highest ranked in the entire department of the Secretary of Treasury Department. This guy says... When, he, when talking about all these crises, all these different things that are putting our economy at risk of completely going down the toilet as we know it, his response is, the reality is that only the only way we're going to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. The store shelves are going empty again. We should get vaccinated. That's that's what's going to fix this. There's threats of energy blackouts in the middle like like they're having issues with energy shortages in the fall. The fall being the time of the year when the least amount of energy gets utilized because summertime everybody's running their air conditioners. They're burning up a lot of electricity with their conditioners. Wintertime, everybody's burning up the the gas or the electricity with their furnaces. In the fall, everybody's like, 
thank God we can save on our electricity, we can open up the windows, let in some fresh air, and be comfortable. But there's energy shortages now. Wait till winter hits. God forbid it be a bad winter when, like, the, those winters where us people in the Midwest and further north get, like, negative 10s and 20s for, like, weeks on, at a time. God forbid it's one of those because I guarantee you, if we don't figure the shit out, it's not going to be just some uncomfortable uh, blackouts. There's going to be people fucking dying because the power doesn't come on because um, they have screwed us up so badly that we don't even have energy. Where's this green energy uh, that's supposed to keep up with it, all this? Why can't we all just put a windmill in our freaking yard to keep up? I don't fucking know. I don't know the, the answer to this, but it's not looking good. And then this dumbass says, the reality is that the only way we're going to get through this transition, it's a transition. It's not a problem. It's not a crisis. It's a transitional period. The only way we get through it is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. I feel like they're holding us like, I feel like this is borderline blackmail. Like they're holding us hostage. They're holding um, the economy hostage so everybody takes this freaking jab. What the hell does the vaccine have to do with this energy crisis? If you didn't have freaking mandates, then there wouldn't be a worker shortage. If you didn't have um, the mandates, then Southwest Airlines wouldn't be, uh, their their pilots wouldn't be on strike, causing the entire, and it, a huge disruption in travel and transportation. But everybody, it's your fault because you're not vaccinated. It's your fault that this crisis is happening because all Americans need to be vaccinated. Everyone around the world needs to be vaccinated so we can get back to normal. It's it's just a big fucking threat is all it is. It's a scare tactic, it's a threat, but they're not just they're not just saying things. They're actually screwing up the entire system and not doing a damn thing about it, and their only answer is, "Well, get vaccinated." Well, obviously, we just need to be vaccinated. Anything beyond that, they're just completely ignoring. Speaking of the 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 answer to this of to all these crises is vaccinating yourself against COVID-19. Speaking of that, apparently that only applies to us taxpaying citizens because there are a whistleblower reported that 16,000 COVID-19 positive migrants were released into the U.S. by ICE. 16,000, not unvaccinated, COVID-19 positive migrants. So it comes down to, if you want shit to get back together, get back to normal, we got to, we got to vaccinate everybody so we can uh, eradicate 
COVID-19 from the country and then things can get back to normal. But at the same time, at the border, which is a crisis of its own that they're completely ignoring, they're not requiring migrants to get vaccinated, which Jen Psaki herself didn't even like try to cover that up. Remember when the reporter was like, so what you're telling me is that they're mandating, um, why is it that you're mandating all workers in the United States to get vaccinated, but you're not mandating that migrants coming through the southern border to get vaccinated? And her response was, that is correct. He asked why she said yes. So this one's from Breitbart, which I know is really far right leaning, but I try to I try to get my sources across the board. I used CNN earlier a, a few minutes ago, so it's only natural that we look into Breitbart too and see what they're saying. So obviously, a lot of this is going to be biased, but still, there's stuff here that we can filter out. I'm sure. It says more than sixteen thousand migrants who tested positive for COVID nineteen while in Immigration and Customs Enforcement custody, or ICE, were released into the United States, according to an agency law enforcement source. The Biden administration did not mandate any of the migrants to be vaccinated before their release. The source informs Breitbart, Texas, that figures only include those migrants who were tested by ICE. So there could be more than 16,000. But we know 16,000 were tested by ICE and tested positive and were released into the country. The source, not authorized to speak to the media, says the migrants range from infants to elderly. Department of Homeland Security reviewed by Breitbart Texas reports the oldest released migrants were over 85 years old. Nearly 1,300 were under the age of 10. Nearly 12,000 of the migrants who tested positive for COVID-19 were released into the U.S. were between 18 and 40. So 12,000 of 16,000 were 18 to 40 years old. More than 11,800 were male, nearly 1,300 were under the age of 10, and more than 6,000 were between 20 and 29. A lot of numbers. According to the source, the release occurred in multiple cities across the United States between January 21 and early October. The totals do not include the thousands of untested migrants released directly by Border Patrol. So this is just the people released by ICE that were tested. I'm sure there's tens of thousands more not being tested that are flowing in. Border patrol testing of migrants has been limited to unaccompanied migrant children later turned over to the Department of Health and Human Services. As reported by Breitbart, Texas, the Border Patrol relied on non-government organizations to test migrants and after their release from detention. Many of those migrants were later released to self-quarantine at hotels within border cities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, you're good. You, you test positive. Just make sure you quarantine when you get into uh, that hotel over there. Just That's on you. Just quarantine. The source says the positive tests do not factor in the decision to release. With the pace of referrals from Border Patrol, we tested, made the migrants aware, and released them to avoid increasing detained population. None of the migrants received the COVID-19 vaccine, either voluntary or forced. So they're not even offering them the vaccine. But here, it is necessary for to overcome this cri- all these multiple crises 
is for everybody to get vaccinated and to make sure we kick COVID-19 in the ass so we can get back to life as normal. But thousands and tens of thousands of of migrants are flooding in with COVID-19, not even being offered the vaccine, not being mandated the vaccine, and just being released and told, eh, just go quarantine yourself. You'll be fine. But that doesn't work for us. They, they don't say that to us. If we even test positive, we're basically like you have to self-quarantine regardless of if you have any symptoms or anything. You have to you or you have to quarantine for 10 days is what they say. The release occurs during a record breaking year for migrant illegal entries along the southwest border. The number of apprehensions made within the Border Patrol's nine southwest border sectors this fiscal year was unmatched by any previous single-year total dating back to the inception of the Border Patrol in 1924. So this is the most that's ever crossed the border in the history of the Border Patrol. As reported by Breitbart, Texas, nearly two million apprehensions were made by Customs and Border Protection nationwide in fiscal year 2021. So there's that. So it's obviously important and necessary that everybody get vaccinated in order to battle these shipping crises, these labor crises, these energy crises. But when it comes to the border crisis, eh, fuck it, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Just just have them go self-quarantine in that hotel over there. They're not going to spread it to anybody around here. It's, it'd be interesting to me to see the numbers, the correlation in numbers of Texas positive cases in correlation to these migrant surges. Because the, the media, if you see a spike in Texas, the media will go after that like, well, only 50% or 30% of Texans are, are vaccinated, so obviously that's the reason why we need to get vaccinated. Look at Texas or Florida, for an example. Look at, look at these two states and look at their spikes in COVID cases. And it's obviously because of the unvaccinated numbers, the high unvaccinated numbers. Do they ever throw in the mix with those numbers the surge of unvaccinated COVID-positive migrants that are surging through the state of Texas. Do they ever put those side-by-side numbers together? Hey, 16,000 people came through this month tested positive with COVID-19. Oh, there coincidentally was a spike in Texas COVID-19 cases this month. Oh, obviously there's no relation there. There's no connection there because that would mean we're doing something fucking wrong. And that would mean everybody that's yelling all this shit at us is absolutely right. The people that are saying, hey, um, (laughs) these vaccine rates are not the problem here. But the only way we get through this to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone, I mean everyone in the world gets vaccinated, but not migrants, obviously. So I talked about when we first, I want to 
I first started this episode, I talked about how Obama's kind of coming out of the woodwork. Because we, again, we have all these multiple crises. Biden doesn't know what the fuck to do. He's an old grandpa. He can't even process what he had for dinner last night. Biden's leaning more on Obama with White House with the White House under pressure for multiple crises. So I think Bill several times has predicted that he thinks Obama's the one kind of behind the mask, behind the screen, pulling the strings of Biden. And it seems like Biden's going more and more to Obama for help or Obama's offering his help or he's being he's speaking up for this or he's he campaigning more than Biden campaigned for himself. I mean, Obama's going to save the day because he's the great Obama that everybody loves and and misses so much. So this is from Fox News. Starts out, it says, the president's approval rating stood at just 38%. 38% due to all these crises, yet he can stand there on on Twitter and say, oh, with uh, the 80 million voters, the the most that's ever anybody's ever received. Do you even look at your own damn approval ratings as you're saying some of this shit? President's approval rating stood at just 38%, while disapproval was at 53% in an October 6th Quinnipiac University survey. President Biden appears to be leaning more on his former boss as the White House comes under increased pressure to improve the nation's economy and outlook on the future of the Democratic Party. Obama will attend the United Nations COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow, Scotland early next month to highlight the important progress made with climate change since the Paris Agreement took effect. Yeah, all that progress that was made that we're now burning more coal, like I think it was like 25% more coal this year than we did last year or the year before. When has, I don't ever remember seeing too many um, instances where the former president goes and represents our country in some of these summits. Maybe I don't pay attention enough, but um, this seems out of the ordinary for Obama to attend this COP26 climate summit in Glasgow. Is that and That's probably that important climate summit I was talking about that I said, hey, if they, if they send our energy into a serious crisis, people will be begging for something different going into this summit. That's probably that same climate summit. So he's going, Obama's going to that summit in Glasgow early next month to highlight the important progress made since the Paris Agreement, while Biden and his cabinet members are participating in the World Leader Summit in Glasgow on November 1st and 2nd. So they're split in duties here because obviously Biden can't be two places at once. The guy can barely be one place at once. So they're split in duties. Instead of him going to one and the vice president going to the other, Biden is going to one and former President Barack Obama is going to represent our country at the other. It makes sense. What the hell is Kamala Harris doing right now, by the way? I mean, she did have that weird NASA thing, class thing, where she was taking questions from all these students that it came out they were paid actors. 
from a casting call. These these kids were child actors, and this was a staged event. It was not a real event. And that's what she's doing. She's out um, parading around doing staged appearances while Obama's splitting duties with Biden. Says it's unclear whether Obama will participate in any meetings or events with Biden and his cabinet officials. He will. He will. He'll be there. He'll be like, no, Joe. No. Uh, no, Joe. Uh, you know that I said. Uh, you know what? I, I said I would be the one talking. Uh, that's a horrible Obama impersonation. But I tried. Earlier this year, the White House said Biden and Obama spoke regularly about a range of issues as well as personal matters that did not disclose the frequency of those conversations. Okay, they, they talked about things. That's all that says. Obama will also campaign with Virginia gubernatorial candidate, former Governor Terry McAuliffe in the state capital city of Richmond a week from Saturday on October 23rd. And it goes into McAuliffe's polls and stuff like that. But it says, Obama is the biggest name to join McAuliffe in the coming days ahead of Virginia's November 2nd election. The former governor will also campaign with First Lady Jill Biden on Friday in Richmond. So Obama's just coming out of the work here. He's he's standing up for Biden's spending bills. He's attending summits for Biden. He's campaigning for Biden. He's doing all this. He's he's doing the work from behind the scenes. I mean, he's not even behind the scenes anymore, but he's doing the work as president, but not actually being the president. He's propping up this dead corpse. Obama also recently defended Biden's $3.5 trillion spending bill in September 27th interview with ABC's Good Morning America. I guess I could... I'll, I'll try to play that. More time with Michelle, more time with the girls. We have been very excited about the programs that our foundation uh, has launched. So much going on right now, and yeah. you know President Biden extremely well. And this is a really important moment in his administration, right. needing to pass comprehensive legislation. Right. And even within the Democratic Party, there seems to be some divide. How do you think he is handling this particular moment, and what does he need to do to pass his agenda? The Build Back America program is something that America desperately needs. When you look at the overall package, uh, you know, it's got uh, a headline uh, price tag of three and a half trillion dollars, but that's not a single year. This is spread out over a number of years, and most importantly, it's paid for by asking the wealthiest of Americans to pay a few percentage points more uh, in taxes in order to make sure that we no. have a economy it's not that's paid fair by for that. everybody. So it's not paid by that. We know that it's not paid for that by that. Because even Biden came out and said that at most he was going to get like maybe one point five or two trillion dollars over ten years. That does not cover three and a half trillion dollars. No matter how many times you want to say it, it doesn't work. Two and a half or two trillion does not equal three and a half trillion, no matter how many times you say it over and over and over. To pay for it. They can afford it. We can afford it. I, I put myself in this category now. And I, Ooh, I think I'm rich anybody now. who pretends that it's a hardship for billionaires to pay a little bit more in taxes so that 
uh, a single mom gets childcare support or so that we're doing something about climate change uh, for the next generation, you know, that, that's an argument that uh, is unsustainable. And as far as Democrats are concerned, I think the, President Biden is handling it exactly right. So you feel confident it's going to pass? I believe that it will get done. It'll be messy as it's always messy to get big, serious legislation done. So there you have it. Wise words from former President Obama. Obviously, they need Obama to come out and push for this because Biden can't get it done. Biden can't. uh, He can't even push for his own campaign without Obama, like holding him up. So obviously, to get this thing passed, we got to bring back the Lord and Savior, Barack Obama, to convince people that this is what we need. And it's an understatement to say that this will get messy. Mr. Obama. This isn't just going to get messy legislatively, if that's the word. This is going to completely wreck everything. Our economy as we know it's going to get wrecked. It's not because, oh, uh, the rich got to pay a little more and it's... uh. It's a hardship for them. No, that's not the problem at all. It's because we all fucking know that this is going to affect our pocketbooks one way or another. It's going to affect the economy. You're going to probably have to print a bunch of money and drop the decrease the value of the dollar again, if not completely tank the dollar. And we're not just talking three and a half trillion. We're talking between the two spending bills, we're talking four and a half, five trillion dollars. So they can say whatever they want. It doesn't fucking add up. Says the president's approval rating stood at just 38%. I already read that. Down from 42% in September. Uh, That's about all it says about Obama. It just talks about his approval ratings after that. So, again, we have this, this country that's teetering on the edge of a cliff. And then you have the president that's over on this side claiming how great everything is because of him because for the first time his administration did this and his administration got added 500,000 or 5 million jobs or 500 I I don't know 500,000 jobs I think it was or for the first time we have this bill where we're giving money to you this free hand it out this $3500 a year which fuck $3500 a year is nothing, first of all. That's like when they shut down the economy and they're like, hey, uh, we'll make it up to you. Here, here's $2,000. This should get you by for the the three or four months that we shut down the economy, right? This should, this should help you out. This should get you back on track. Here, here's 2,000 of your own dollars. Don't spend it all in one spot. I'm not saying they should give us more, but they act like... They act like we are being blessed by them. Like we should we should be like thank you. Thank you for uh this pleasure of you giving us this bounty. But it's gotten so bad that that he's having to lean on Obama just to maybe boost his numbers back up because Obama's numbers 
are way higher right now than than Biden's currently are, obviously. So maybe if we lean on Biden, we put or not Biden, Biden. Wow. If we lean on Obama, we put his face out there more. We pull back Joe's face, so he's not the face of all the problems now. We put Obama's face on it. Nobody's going to blame Obama for all these problems because he's not even the fucking president right now. So he can get out there and say whatever he wants. Things could still go to shit. Biden's not the one out there saying this stuff, so maybe we can piggyback off of Obama's popularity and get our numbers back up. And Obama's better at convincing people through his elegant speech, speeches, speaking. He's better at convincing people to do the right thing. America needs to do better. He's got that, like, he's got that same disappointed dad thing going that um, the Jimmy Kimmel's and Jimmy Fallon's and all those washed up late night comedians have been giving for the last year. He's got that America needs to do better. I'm disappointed. Obama's disappointed in you right now. Y'all need to get vaccinated because that's the only way we're going to get through this. So we don't uh, disappoint Papa Obama. That's about all the time I have for this show. There's really, there's no, there's no putting a happy bow at the end of a show ever anymore because things, it seems like every week we're hearing about another pending crisis. Impending, not pending. The energy crisis, the shipping crisis, the economic crisis, the debt ceiling crisis. Everything right now is a crisis. It's gotten to the point where it, the word crisis is really washed, like watered down. Because everything's a crisis. There's the COVID crisis. There's the debt ceiling crisis. There's, um, I don't know, the toilet paper shortage crisis. Everything's a crisis. It's like back to the what I was talking about with China. How they're saying that China is the greatest military threat we have right now. China and these hypersonic super weapons. But at the same time, they've been saying that climate change is the biggest military threat we have right now, or racism is the biggest military threat we have right now. Domestic terrorism is the... You see how this shit gets watered down, and it makes it really hard to fucking believe any of this stuff? It's like everything's a crisis now, or everything is a major... Uh, detrimental threat to our country, which it probably is. But it's like the boy who cried wolf where everything now is just like, man, there's another crisis. And we're all just like, eh, I got, we'll probably get through this one. It's, we are on the edge. We're teetering on the edge. Like I said, a not so strong wind is going to blow us off and send us right down the shitter really fast. And you better be freaking preparing for it. Because when you go to the stores this time and the shelves are are empty, it might be a long time before those shelves fill back up. Prepare yourselves. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. Take care of those around you. That those are the the most important things you can do. Be self-sustaining. We said we've said this for over a year now. Get more self-sustaining. Network with people that know things that you don't know how to do. We've talked about, like, some of these crisis scenarios. 
like if the shit hits the fan. We have we had a two part series on what to do to prepare for the shit hitting the fan. The shit's gonna hit the fan. And you better be prepared for it. Go back and listen to those episodes. I feel like we gave some pretty good resources. Get yourself prepared. Take care of yourself. The government does not love you. The government actually hates you. The government, there, no politician you're going to put in office is going to take care of you. You take care of yourself. That's all I got for this episode. Make sure you check us out all over social media. Uh, tomorrow on the live show, we have a special guest coming on. He's the host of the... Rebel with a Cause podcast. His name is Eric. I don't know his last name. I feel like I should by now. But check that out. He's going to talk about... We're going to talk with him and pick his brain about how the government doesn't love you. That's specifically what I plan to talk about. I have no idea where it's going to go. He says he can talk about anything for two hours or three hours. So can I. So look forward to that. That's going to be 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Every Monday, tomorrow is that interview, which is Monday, if you're listening to this in the future. Otherwise, it will be released in podcast format every Wednesday on Wednesday. So if you do miss that live show, make sure you go check that out. Download that episode. I'm going to get out of here. Again, share us all over social media. Check us out on patreon.com slash break the bell. You can sign up, get access to bonus content, um, support us financially otherwise just keep coming back and listening to us because that's what we value the most is you just giving us your time and listening to us so um once again never stop talking let all your friends know the shit because this is scary shit i'll catch you next time i'll catch you tomorrow night live seven central time goodbye the break the bell podcast is brought to you by you So pat yourself on the back, because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell, or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.